Okay. Here we are. Welcome to the Tessa Van Wade Show. It is Tessa and Ben. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. It is. Happy Thanksgiving, happy everybody. Thanksgiving. By the time this is up, maybe it will... Well, the live stream obviously will be up right away. Right. It's up right now. Uh, and apparently we already have one person watching. That's cool. Sweet. Um, but uh, hopefully I'll get the the actual podcast audio up yeah. by tomorrow. Yeah. That's my goal. Oh, really? Great. I know, I know it's a long shot, but because it's uh, pretty late here in Hawaii. So that so, means most of our friends on the mainland are already sleeping. Yeah. Dreaming of the so, feast tomorrow. Thanksgiving to me. <laughs> We're jumping right into what people Thanksgiving means. Are, can, people are, it can, can, <laughs> lots, of, I have lots of different reactions when I say this, but Thanksgiving is not my favorite. Okay. Why? Well, it's, it's funny because. I mean, I, I think I can understand that. It's not Christmas. So no. <laughs> Christmas is the best. <laughs> because you're obsessed with Christmas. No, Thanksgiving is not my favorite because when I was a kid and all throughout the time I was a kid, Thanksgiving, all it meant to me was that I would be in the, the only thing interesting to do besides watching 10,000 football games. I mean, literally my brothers would be jumping on the, they would be jumping from this football game to that football game to that. Like, I'd be like, how many football games are going on at once? And we're talking about, this was like the eighties and nineties. That's pretty impressive because we only had like six channels back then. Yeah. Cause you didn't have cable, right? Yeah. Well, no, my grandparents had cable. Oh, right. And so maybe they had a, a few more options. It just was funny because they would, cause it was, we were always at my grandparents. We was celebrated with my grandparents every year. Right. And so it was really funny because they would jump from one football game to the next and I would be sitting on the couch just like bored out of my mind. I remember I would try to like play card games with my grandma before it was time to cook. But like on Thanksgiving, most of the day you're cooking. Why are you smiling and laughing? <laughs> I have it's, <laughs> it's not my, it's not my, uh my memory of thanksgiving at all because i never cooked anything at thanksgiving i don't even want to that is like not my experience so the only thing that i had to do was i would go in and i would help my grandmother cook all the food and all that stuff now well, somebody had to right somebody my brothers weren't gonna do it there well, was yeah, no cause, way because in your house that was like the woman's job right <laughs> yeah like my brothers weren't gonna do it so no no my grandfather he was out yeah. in his garage he would be like he'd be in his chair like you know i don't know they would all kind of sit out the, out in the living room I talking if, would your grandma would have would she have wanted him in there i wonder oh no, like just on a I whim, think, if he was like, hey, Lou, can I help you? Uh, I don't know oh, what voice that is. I don't know, but it was my grandfather. It was, it was more like, hey, Lou. No. You want me to come in and. Ben, when did my family become <laughs> super country like Alabama? <laughs> like, know. this is not. Okay, that was a little too much twang. It's more like, I don't know. I, no. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't go there. No. Anyway, what do you think would have happened if he went in and like offered his help? I think my grandmother would have been really uncomfortable because I think that 
she was taught her whole life that men didn't help. And so she would have felt uncomfortable that she was forcing, like, no, like go sit down, you know, of course. But I, that was my experience of it is that outside I'm listening or on the other side, I'm listening to my brothers uh, listening to or watching every football game there is to man. And I'm in there doing all of this work on the, the kitchen and working on setting the table and cooking all the food with my grandmother. And while those are really good memories in a, in a sense, um, there's also a bad set of memories with it too of then we would all go in to eat and immediately after I would help clean up as well. Yeah. And the, that was the only entertaining thing to do. If I went out to the, to the living room, I would literally just, just have football. to watch football. Yeah. And, and you need to also set the, the stage, uh, the setting was this is in central California in the winter. So yeah. it's cold outside. Yeah. So all the doors are closed and the windows are closed. And your grandfather was a chain smoker. <laughs> yeah. And they kept the house at about 97 degrees. Night. <laughs> yeah. So it was not only roasting hot, it was full of smoke. Do you remember, like, there was one time when, we, well, of course you remember, but there were several times we stayed the night there. But we made the mistake of all of us staying there in a on a winter night. Yeah. And we kept waking up in the middle of the night and like coming out and all of us would meet in the living room soaking. <laughs> yeah, we, and we started one opening of the, the windows. Well, one of the boys turned, one of my brothers turned down the the thermostat and reminds me of daddy's home. Yeah. <laughs> and They've done this in what movies. If, one of my brothers turned down the thermostat and like... My grandpa came out a little bit later and turned it right back up. Yeah. I mean, I, I sat outside in the cold, wintry Yeah, we would literally air. sit outside <laughs> just to cool down. At night. <laughs> I, think, I think that's common, though. I think, I think old people just get really cold, so they keep the heat up, I guess. I, um, I think so. I think But it didn't help that it was also like, it was, it was like being in a Vegas casino, with all the smoke. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it was too much. But My I have very fond memories of, yeah. of those times. Oh, totally. But that's why I say there's good and there's bad memories, right? And to me, Thanksgiving meant a lot, a lot, a lot of football. So it was different than Christmas Day. Thanksgiving was kind of a day I just wanted to like, I you know, and I was the only girl. And like, I don't think... I don't think my brothers even ever understand what that was like to only be, I, I may as well have just been an only child, to be honest. <laughs> well, no, because if you were an only child, who would have ridiculed you? <laughs> totally. Who would have tortured you? I don't you? know. I would have had, I don't know. I might so, have had a better self-esteem for sure. In all honesty, I don't remember my childhood Thanksgivings. Wah, wah, you I'm win. Try, I'm trying, no, I'm trying to remember... <laughs> I remember all my Christmases because, mm-hmm. you know, that's my thing. But Did I, you go somewhere in particular for I Thanksgiving? I can't remember. I, I know that, I mean, I know that on Christmas, this is going to be so depressing. <laughs> don't I know don't depress everybody. At Christmas time, it but was share like. share your truth, Ben. At Christmas time, it was like Christmas Eve, we were with my mom. 
Okay. Because we celebrated Christmas Eve. We opened our presents at my mom's house on Christmas Eve. That, that's where I lived. Like, uh, I lived with my mom okay. full, full time. Okay. And then Christmas morning. At six morning, years old. Yeah, from like six to 16. Okay. Um, but Christmas morning, we would wake up, get stockings, because, you know, Santa came. Sure. And then at some point, I don't remember if it was Christmas Day or the next day. Okay. I don't remember. We would go to my dad's house and yeah. like have sad Christmas <laughs> <laughs> where we got to watch oh. our stepbrother and sister open all the presents. Right. Uh, and you guys got like a mug full of nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't remember Thanksgiving though. I, I'm pretty sure I spent them with my mom. Um, I can remember like one Thanksgiving we did up at our family cabin. Okay. We had a cabin up in, if, if you're familiar with California, and, and it's not as fancy as it sounds, but it was up in like Carmel Valley near Monterey. And Carmel is a very ritzy, f- rich town. And that wasn't us. We just had a little cabin in like a dinky cabin up in the hills. And we like packed all of our food and had Thanksgiving up there, which uh, was exciting because um, being stuck in one room for, you know, five days with seven people. One room? Well, it's like, you know, a cabin is like you have one main room, you know. it's, it's Were small. there no bedrooms? There was one bedroom for my parents. But oh. then there was like a loft and stuff. So oh. anyway, I, I think we did a Thanksgiving up there once. And I know, that I think we did a Christmas up there too. Yeah, because Santa came and remembered where we were at the cabin. Really? Yeah. Um, oh. Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. The, the memories are coming back. Anyway, all this to say, I know I'm I'm going on way too long about this, but um, yeah, I've no I've no real memory of Thanksgiving as a kid. Okay, well, you I know it existed. Think about the the food. I mean, you you didn't help with the food. I didn't watch football. I didn't help with the food. What I, were you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Probably hitting your brother in the back of the head. We were probably fighting. My mom was probably sending us outside. Yeah. Because we were torturing each other. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I I remember Thanksgiving after my parents moved away and I was on my own um, in high school because I went with like friends. I went to friends' houses for Thanksgiving. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, So anyway, now that everybody's sad. Uh, (laughs) Well... I We're started, gonna have a fantastic Thanksgiving this I year. I started talking about that because that is my memory and that is my experience of Thanksgiving. I did not love. To me, it's just not a day <laughs> that I loved. However, I do love thanking for things like. Being well, you love Thanksgiving things. now, right? But yes. Oh, you're, I'm was, sorry. Am I cutting ahead? I was gonna say that I have sorry, been lucky it. to have two daughters. Who don't care about football. Not just that. You have a husband who couldn't give a rat's behind <laughs> about football. You can say ass. No, this is, I mean, can I? Can we? Yeah. Why now couldn't now I have to put explicit because you said that. <laughs> no. I'm going to have to beat that out. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Take your kids away. Really? No, I'm kidding. Oh, I don't know anything about that. So, but no, you... I think I do not care about football. You, I, that's true. You, you don't care about football. We love baseball, but you don't care about football. Yeah. But during Thanksgiving for us now, because we're a Christmas family, mm-hmm. as you can tell by our Christmas Starbucks drinks, Starbucks, 
It's um like seven o'clock at night and we're having decaf mint mocha. Well, and I'm in Hawaii and I was feeling cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've got my Carhartt plaid uh, flannel on here. Yeah. I'm roasting. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. The AC's got the not AC on. Strong enough. That's um, funny. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to stop doing that. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. So now our kids are, are growing up. Um, Thanksgiving is called pre-Christmas. So like. Thanksgiving is the kickoff to Christmas. Yeah. It's like it's like the, the pre-meal. The like. Yeah. The meal that's going to prepare us yeah. for the Christmas season. Yeah. And last year, if you remember, we had two Thanksgivings. Yeah. Because your brother was in town. Yeah. So we had a Thanksgiving with family. Yeah. And then we had a Thanksgiving with our neighbors who are yeah. our best friends. My brother was there for like two days. Yeah. That was And uh, they couldn't be there on Thanksgiving. So we did Thanksgiving with our neighbors, which we're going to do this year again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so last year was great because we had two days. And the first day we didn't have to do anything because our neighbor cooks everything. So yeah. we just kind of showed up with some wine, I think, and maybe some yeah. appetizers. Um, this year, we'll see. Well, there's going to be like 13, 16 people there yeah, it's <laughs> at gonna be Chris more and David's of a, next more door. Of a party. But anyway, that's all boring, I'm sure. People are like, what are you who doing? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? But it is interesting because I looked up Thanksgiving facts. If I, I wish I had more um, battery, but I, for some reason, I have been losing battery very quickly on my phone, and I don't know phone. why. I must, I must need to update my phone. 56 funny Thanksgiving jokes that everyone, everyone will find hilarious. Are we going to do all 56? We'll tell all 56 and that will be the only podcast the we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't look though. Babe, I can't read that far away. <laughs> I'm blind. Oh, what do Thanksgiving and Halloween have in common? Mm, they both have pumpkins. One has gobblers and the other one has goblins. (laughs) And that's the end of that segment. Right? That's terrible. No. Are you going to vet any of these or Um, just going to read them? I don't know. Why are you so... Oh, what did the mother turkey say to her disobedient children? Um, Something about chopping their heads off and cooking them for Thanksgiving. (laughs) If your father could see you now, he'd turn over in his gravy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so this reminds me. I don't know why this reminds me. Do you remember um, elementary school during Thanksgiving time? Yeah. Like doing the, the, the hand, hand turkey? The hand turkeys? Yeah. What, oh. You know? Yeah. If I could just go back in time. You know, one time when my girls were little and, like, they, they didn't, um, they weren't in school yet. We did all of that. I had I had them do all the crafts that I remember. Yeah, you were from really Thanksgiving. See, that's why moms are so important because I would never think to do that for our children. Oh, they made um, they made all sorts of things that were very like a ship. Although, I turkey. Think, I think what helped with that is that was like Pinterest's heyday when we when we were young parents. I was really never that into Pinterest. Yeah, but it was like easy to look up like crafty stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. What what is a pumpkin's favorite sport? You know, it's funny. Whenever I hear a joke like this, I feel such pressure to defeat the joke <laughs> by having the answer. Why? Do, 
Do you think that this is fun for people because of the actual jokes? Or do you think this is fun for people to look on and be like, look at Ben. Try and figure this out. Like, Ben is more funny over this than... In all honesty, I wonder if people are enjoying this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Don't answer it. What is the pumpkin's favorite sport? Um, it's gotta be something about pie or seeds. Squash. Squash. Oh gosh. <laughs> that one I should have gotten. I know. I should have gotten that one. I know. But I don't think of squash as a sport. I don't even know what squash is. One it's last one. It's something to do with a ball. One last one. What kind of face does a pilgrim make when he's in pain? A turkey face? I don't know. Pilgrimus. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Where do they come up with this? What was the turkey suspected of? Foul play. I thought you said only one more. I know, but then that one came up and it was super easy. I think the pilgrims are like to blame for a lot of the really horrible things in our in our American history, right? Totally. Do we want to go there? No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we will let's agree. Not, let's not get into <laughs> colonialism. I think we can all decide it was a really bad time. Totally. For, for human. Uh, you know, there have been a lot. Humankind. I know how to segue this because there have been a lot of bad times in, in human history. Yeah. Let's just say humans are not necessarily. We don't make the right decisions much of the time. I think the best day on earth was before humans came. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Yeah. I guess. Think about it. There were some really scary things before humans came. I don't know. It depends on. Oh, where you I were. guess you could say that I humans think, are the scariest. I thing. think you're picturing like Jurassic Park, which is I, not, I was. It's not how it is. Oh, know? I mean, you have a whole a T-shirt that has Jesus riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex, so it could happen. It, <laughs> totally. Not just a T-shirt. I actually ripped off the sleeves, <laughs> so it's like a muscle shirt. <laughs> it's a. Why muscle did you team. rip off the sleeves? Because it's such a redneck shirt already. Like with the Is redneck okay to say? I don't think any redneck would be offended by me saying that because rednecks are either self proclaimed or don't realize they're rednecks. So they don't take offense. Well you call me that all the time. So I never I've never called you a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> I I say you're a country girl. There's a difference. No. Anyway, I, no, I took you've the definitely off. called me redneck. I took the sleeves off to make it more white trash. That may be what you've called me. <laughs> I've never, I've never, ever called you white trash. Oh, that's funny. I don't, I don't know. No. You, you called me something, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but country. anyway, throughout history, let's, let's not throw any blame. Let's not throw any shade at people. Let's just, let's just say it like it is. Let's lay it out on the table. Humans, no matter Suck. what kind of, <laughs> no matter what kind of human, no matter wait, wait, what, wait. what kind of human, are there more than one kind? Happy, sad, left-handed, right-handed. Like, Uh-oh. what are you, t- why is that weird? I was thinking like different species of humans. Like, does that exist? It used to. Um, I think that's more about you than me because that was weird. I I don't I can say what kind of human and I think pretty much most everybody understands what I'm saying, but you 
Suddenly we have different species of humans to you. I, I, I didn't know what you meant. Are you just talking about like diversity? Sure. Okay. I'm oh, just, I'm just I, trying to understand fully. I'm wondering why you're not understanding fully. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch up. Just keep, keep going. Yeah. Okay. So we're laying it out on the table, Ben. Humans have often done, made really bad choices it's and done lots of horrible things. And yeah. we will, obviously we will uplift this at some point, but, but what's interesting is, is when we can kind of just make a blanket statement like that, that most humans we have, we have really failed at certain points. It is our, that is what we do. It's, it's what we do is, is, is our psyches are so interesting and intricate and, and deep that we constantly find ourselves in places of doing wrong. And then add to the, add to that, that everybody's experience of wrong is different. Like everybody's idea of black and white or wrong and right, right, is totally different. So you have this constant running idea that we're supposed to live very harmoniously on this earth, but we've all kind of recognized that humans do a lot of damage to the earth and to each other. I don't think that everybody would agree that we have to live harmoniously. Okay. What did I say? I think that's a perspective too of like humans should live harmoniously. Uh, you don't want but, humans to live clearly, harmoniously? Clearly there are, whether it's like factions or governments or groups of people that don't think we should live harmoniously. There's always been like d literally don't live harmoniously. That's the weirdest. No, thing. there's always been groups of people, whether it's legitimate groups like in charge or not, that want to put some other groups underneath them like a caste system. And they say that's like the natural way of it, which I don't agree with. Yeah. I'm just saying that like that is what you said about everybody living in harmony is like a dream, but it's also kind of a, a perspective in, a, in and of itself. Huh? Did I just make it totally like, well, did I just steal all the, all <laughs> the, the wind out up? of myself yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit because I was human like, nature is to, is to like promote oneself sometimes above others. We're tribal. Right. right. So yes, we're tribal. And, and I think what you're saying is actually going along with what I'm saying already is some yeah. people want to like, live harmoniously and some people don't. We're naturally and suspicious. Some people want to be this way and some people yeah. want to be this way. And we find the hardest time accepting each other wherever we're at. Right. Yeah. Humans tend to be suspicious of other humans that aren't like them. Correct. So it is interesting because I was having the thought, you know, I, I did a post on Instagram um, like one or two nights ago, and I was just talking about the fact of knowing my worth, right? And I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why humans have trouble with other humans is because 
we all kind of sit in the idea of like not knowing our worth, which creates this kind of bottomed out kind of uh, insecurity and and just an an like not a sense of self and all of that, right? So it is interesting because I've been working really hard at um, trying to. What's nice. that? Those are called trolls. Oh, great! Uh, we got some trolls on our on our YouTube <laughs> channel right now. You know, God bless them. <laughs> Speaking of humans. Speaking of rotten, terrible human sex people. Sex fun, baby. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. people that are just the bottom dredges of society. <laughs> we have uh, trolls trying to interrupt the conversation. But it is interesting, right? So so knowing your worth, I think there's, there's so much to this. Because in my perspective, like sometimes I don't know my worth. But that has everything to do with the fact that I wasn't taught directly to know my worth. Mm -hmm. It was more like, you know, just always do the right thing. Don't make waves. Mm -hmm. Follow the rules. Mm -hmm. um, be grateful for what you have, mm -hmm. which are all true. They're all great things. But it's, you know, the, I don't know. I struggle with this one because, because we're both, going through a situation right now where like you and I are very, um, we talked about this a couple episodes ago about being um, servants, about having a servant's heart, about doing the right thing. And a lot, the only catch about having a servant's heart a lot of times is people that naturally have a servant's heart. It's like they don't know how to say when they need something. Right. Or, or ask for, no, this is what I'm, I should get. Yeah. You know? And that's what I wrote. That's what I wrote in the Instagram post. It was a lot like yeah. that. It's like, I don't necessarily, like what I have recognized is that I really, really value making other people feel safe and, and making them feel good. I really value that. And the problem is though... That in my quest to value that and make people feel safe, I have actually recognized as I've gotten older that it is at the sake of my safety sometimes. Yeah, so you devalue yourself in order to give value to... Um, I, it's funny because I don't think about it as devaluing myself, but I guess it is. Like, I don't say like, you know, I don't, I don't aggressively talk against myself in order to make somebody else more valuable, but I, but I allow other, you know, sometimes I allow <clears throat> the behavior of other people or the way that other people act. I, I kind of just go, I, I'll just be the one to suck this up and I'm going to move on. Right. Instead of calling them out on it and saying, excuse me, but I, I, I deserve more respect than that. I mean, calling people out is tough. Sure. It is a very difficult thing. Because it's awkward. It's awkward, but yet, can it be done? Because I feel like you, there's got to be a way to become really good at it, right? And, and still get the response that you want. I feel like in order to get the response you want, you have to be respected already. Mm -hmm. You can't just 
always call people out on everything because no. they're just going to be like, who are you? You know? Yeah. Um, but this is the, this is what we're getting to with knowing your worth and being human. And the fact that a lot of us don't know, many of us do not know our worth. Um, but then there's an opposite side of like, um, the, and the reason I even talked to you about this is because I was thinking, well, there's a whole idea about like not knowing your worth, but then there's people who really value themselves above everybody else and they don't care about your worth. This is not a theme for them because it's not even in their life. What's not a theme for them? They don't think, Oh, I don't know. Do I need, do I know my own worth? Because they're already like blasting it out to everybody. (laughs) Right. And, and but, don't you feel like the most confident people don't ever have to say they're confident? So are right. are those people that really no, know I, their worth if they're blasting it out I'm to not everybody? Saying, I'm not saying they actually know their worth. I'm saying that I I think that the term know your worth goes both ways. It's for you if you've if you've earned a place where you should be receiving more compensation or a position, or um, respect, or relationship, whatever. Um, On the flip side of that, if you haven't earned those, you should know your worth. And your worth is not up here. It's actually down here. And you you need to work on not demanding or being entitled to something. Well, let's maybe make it a little bit more personal so people can understand a little bit better. Like, for example, I'm just going to throw out something. There's like, let's say in my life, there, there is, you know, there is a place where I have experienced where most everybody follows along and does the right thing and does the rules and all of that stuff. But then you have the one or two people that they just find every loophole. To following the rules. They just yeah, find those are called every, opportunists. Yeah, they just find every way to nudge themselves in and and not pay for something. Or they find every they find every way to like, um, oh, but this is what the rules said. So we're technically we're not wrong. Yeah, they don't and break the like, rules, but they technically, fudge them. sure, yeah. you're not wrong, but come on, let's have some integrity here. Yeah. And the problem is, is that I, over time, have been the one to step back and be like, okay, I get what they're doing. I understand why they're doing it. And I'll just kind of be like, I, I, I get it. And so then, but then what I've recognized as I've gotten older, especially owning a business, those people that try to do that, all they do is force my hand in making rules yeah. And they just force my hand in making them more serious and more and I don't like being that. I don't want to be that. So what's weird is that when I do take a stance and I do finally write the rules and say this is very clear, here you go, there are no more loopholes, then I feel like you think there are the no bad more guy. loopholes, but they'll find them. I know, but listen to what I'm trying to say. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about you me feel like the bad guy. feeling like the bad guy, yeah. feeling like, uh, like I had to give them these rules. But the truth of the matter was 
if I knew my worth and I recognized that, that, because it's hard when you don't know your worth because you automatically take everything on yourself as though you're, you're, it's your problem. It's what yeah. you, you know, I just think it's an interesting thing that when they jump over these loopholes, which forces my hand in doing something, and then I suddenly, you know, say, okay, I'm going to come up with these so that there are no more loopholes. Here you go. Then I feel bad. But in reality, what I'm trying to do, and this is what the Instagram post was about, not just this one scenario, there's a lot of them, was recognizing that on some days when I'm killing it, I feel good. Mm-hmm. And on some, but on most days when everything comes at us hard and aggressively, it's really hard to remember to maintain who you are and knowing who you are in the midst of all of that because you suddenly go, um, like, I should be looking at them going, look, you guys found loopholes. You guys forced me to do more. This is, this is me saying, okay, then I've got to do this. And I know myself well enough to know that I'm not doing this aggressively or, or mean. This is simply the way it's got to be. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you responding by saying, this is my business and I'm going to run it the way I want to run it. Yeah. Because that's why I started this business. It wasn't to be pushed around by somebody like you. Mm-hmm. So this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And you can either be a part of it or not. Yeah. And that's really hard to say because it feels like you're being mean or whatever, but really you're being honest. So. And you're actually showing, you're, you're standing in your own power. Yeah. And, and you're, what you're doing is you're actually setting the tone for the relationship. You're taking your power back Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to do. So let's give, so let's give some, let's try and come up with some examples of maybe some things that we, that if we're not really knowing our worth, what is that? Like, what are some of our symptoms? What are some of our things? You know, where I struggled in this and I, you know, I, I still do to a degree, but there was a time where, and you can relate to this too, when I I had a handyman business Mm -hmm. and I felt like I wanted to charge a certain rate. Yeah. Like an hourly rate. And, you know, some people would be like, write a check, no questions asked. And then some people would like hem and haw about, oh, you know, the other guy was a little bit less and, and blah, blah, blah. So I always was like cringing, like, please pay me this amount. So I think that's number one. Yeah. I think that's a huge, that's good. That's so one of the symptoms of having, of having a low kind of not knowing your worth is that you don't charge enough for your, for what you do and for whatever service, yeah. for whatever service. And we're not talking about people who are just, I have actually gotten some invoices from people where I'm like, you guys are overcharging and that's crazy. They clearly don't know their worth. They don't know their worth to the other end of the degree. Yeah. So there's, the uh, well, that shows our, proves our point a little bit. There are definitely two sides of the spectrum. Yeah, for sure. And so I think right now I'm talking to the people who don't know their worth on the lower end. And I agree. 
setting your, if you find yourself not feeling comfortable with charging what you in your heart believe that you should be charging, you have some work to do on trying to find your worth. And by the way, I'm not saying that I'm saying I do too. So that, I think that you, that is a huge one. So that was a good one. Yeah. There's gotta be, there's other things though. Um, the other thing that I just think of off the top of my head is like, um, your position. So like if I remember I was, this was years ago, I was, um, running a, a company, um, or like a branch of a company. And I had this young employee who said something like, like, uh, like I wasn't doing anything. Like I was, like I wasn't working and she had to do all the work. Mm. And I immediately was like, you have no idea how much blood, sweat and tears I've put into this, into starting this company. Mm -hmm. You weren't there three years ago when I was working out of the garage. Mm -hmm. So, and you're not in a position to question. I'm, I'm the manager. Right. Like you don't know what I do. Right. You don't know all the calls I get before work and after work. Mm -hmm. You don't know the kind of, you don't have any information yeah. to make that assessment. So are you saying that number two is allowing people to tell you your worth? I think it's, it's, and once again, it goes both ways, is like knowing your, your level of expertise or whatever position you're in and being confident in it. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard too because you you want to maintain good relationship and sometimes maintaining good relationship means standing up for yourself <clears throat> and it might be awkward, but. So I would actually say that if we're going based on kind of the, the, the realm that I'm trying to stick with is number one, knowing your worth on what you charge for your business. Number two, knowing your worth enough to stand up to the person that says something different. I really struggle with that and or I have in the past and I and and what's funny is I've learned a way to kind of do it where it's not aggressive and it's not it's not mean and it's not angry you know it's not it's not emotionally driven and that has worked for me in a lot of different places but I do say number two would be um, it would be learning your worth so that when you stand up to somebody that's in that you're working with or that you have a relationship with that you can actually say these things and really truly believe them because if anybody's like me the moment it comes out of my mouth I'm like do I believe that do I believe that I don't know I don't know yeah. you know um the third one I can think of is wow uh, you're doing pretty good at coming up with these I, babe. I, it's just just coming to me it must be the mint mocha <laughs> um decaf so it's just the sugar <laughs> and the Christmasiness of it. Yep. Uh, the third one I can think of is um, like knowing what you need out of a relationship and being able to ask for it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and you're totally agreeing right now because... Why? Why am I agreeing right <laughs> because now? Because this is you <laughs> asking me or requesting that I give you what you need in our relationship. This is me doing yeah. that? Like today? 
No, you're totally agreeing because you're like, yeah, oh. and I, I'm going to hold you accountable to this. <laughs> no, I was not thinking that. Because, uh, you know, it depends on what, what kind of relationship you're in, whether you're a giver or a taker or whatever. But I feel like a lot of times people don't want to like, either ask. they don't know what they, they want <clears throat> or they don't, they're afraid to ask or make that request. I think everybody knows what they want. I think that every, that, um, I think that many people have been taught to dis, um, devalue what they want. So they don't recognize that it's actually important to request things in a relationship to make a good relationship. So unfortunately, we're teaching people to devalue themselves as we say, don't worry about that. You need to be doing this. Follow the rules. Do this. Do this. And we're teaching people to devalue themselves. And we're not teaching them that the that this is actually really bad behavior for relationships. I think you have to request what you want. I think it's not, for me, it's not necessarily like we're teaching them. I think that if there's, if there's like an insecurity in the relationship. I'm talking about kids. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm talking about kids. Okay. I'm talking about gotcha. we don't teach kids enough to. Oh, you're right. Abs- to yeah. value their needs. Yeah, it's more like, you know, just get in line. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of like, but I really have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Sorry, I, I misunderstood. I'll, no, but I, you know, <clears throat> I'll give a really embarrassing story in order to I make know this, this story. more interesting. Don't, do you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, you know all my stories. Um, but this is a good example of I did not value myself myself enough as a young kid. I was very, very young. I had, I mean, I'm thinking I was probably, I was probably five or six. Well, I had to be in school, so I was probably like six. So <clears throat> I had to go to the bathroom really bad. Like I had to pee really, really, really bad. And I knew recess was coming up. And so I was trying to hold it for recess, but I finally realized I was not going to be able to hold it because I really had to pee. So I went up to the teacher in the back. She was more like a teacher's aide, right? Um, But she was there every single day with the teacher. So she was probably a mom. No, no, no. She was definitely a teacher of some sort. Yeah, yeah. She was definitely a teacher. So I went up to her and I was like, um, hi, Miss So-and-so. I, I really have to, I really have to go pee. And she got really rough all of a sudden, like, like really fast at, to my six-year-old brain. She, and she was like, um, do you have to go really bad? Cause unless you have, unless you're, um, I forget what she said, but it was unless you're like dying, like you need to make a good choice. I mean, there is nothing more offensive than a six-year-old girl asking (laughs) to go pee. So I can can kind of understand her, her, you know. Not only that, but I was definitely not the kind of kid to, I was definitely not the kind of kid to fake that I had to pee all the time. Yeah, you weren't the kid in class that had like the flat top and like gave everybody noogies. No. Right? And I was definitely not the kid that was like, I have to go pee. 
I have to go pee. I was not that kid at all. I was always scared to ask to go pee, clearly. I this was the one time I remember it was so bad that I yeah. had to ask. And then her reaction made me panicked. And I said, Never mind. It's okay. And she was now like Now she's like, Yeah, I knew it, you faker. Yeah. So she was like well, she she was like, Recess is just in a few minutes. Like, just wait. So I was like, Okay. So we go back to my t- my desk. The last, I, I, I was so, I had to go pee so bad. It was painful, but the last thing I wanted to do was go ask again. And I peed right there on the desk and like on the chair. Did she have to clean it up? I don't, what's funny is recess happened right after that. And I, I just went out. For yeah. recess and everything, I was a kid. And See, and unfortunately, when we're kids, we don't know ourselves well enough to be like, "Screw you, lady, I'm yeah. going." Yeah. And if you don't let me go, I'm going to pee on you. <laughs> well, what the reason I even tell the story is because somewhere along the way, why didn't you know? I obviously I was a child there. And so that makes sense. You know, as a child, a lot of times you're not going to stand up for yourself in that way. But the funny thing is, is I find that like as I've gotten older, those kinds of experiences didn't stop. Yeah. They just got different. Yeah. I would of course, I mean, they just got different. And I, and, and so when do we reach a point where we stop, we start, we start, asking for what we we are worth we start asking for what we need in relationships we start ask we start asking for things that we need for our physical health (laughs) I mean that was my physical health that I was not willing to stand in the way of right yeah they're really great teaching lady there's a here we are you were 40 you were what six years old so this is like over 35 years ago and you're still telling the story. This lady's probably dead, right? Yeah. She's probably old and dead. Yeah. Yet her legacy lives on. <laughs> I guess this really isn't about that lady, but it's about me not. Sorry, knowing. It's just, it just really like twinges my sense of justice, and I no, want I get to it. travel back in time. Well, because we and have daughters. Slap her. You know. <laughs> I kind of do too. But you're I right. I I want to teach our kids, and we. The thing is, we try to teach our kids this, yeah. But there's still such rule followers that they didn't really like take to that lesson. Yeah, but that's why I'm talking about this because I actually recognize that um, now that we've kind of laid down some symptoms, like of not requesting what we need, not requesting what you know, all that standing up for yourself, um, like we've kind of laid that out. There are ways that I have that I have kind of come out of this a little bit. I'm not quite fully there, but I but I definitely I'm actively working on it. So maybe it is just that no matter cuz with our kids we definitely tried to teach them that, but there's still that struggle. So there's yeah. possibly everybody just deals I, with that internal struggle. I think that there are like natural personality traits that are more conducive for just like taking a back seat. I also think there's safety reasons within our psyche that we do things like that. There's, you know, there's all sorts of, just like, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that narcissists 
do not think about other people. Yeah. So narcissists, I was just talking with my psychologist friend the other day at lunch about this. And what we were recognizing is that, you know, you go to lunch with your psychologist. She's not my psychologist. She's my friend (laughs) and she is a psychologist. Ben, you're so funny. Is she really your friend if she's your psychologist? You already tried this joke on another episode. (laughs) Yes. Are they really your friends if they're your clients? I only have so many jokes, so I have to kind of recycle them. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway, the the funny thing is, is that we're sitting there and we're talking about like the difference between narcissists versus, you know, there's a there's a whole line of like narcissists don't obviously they have a very very intense understanding of no that's not that's not the right word they they do everything for themselves yeah like they do everything for like every everybody is there for their purpose. Everybody is there. And I think we get on the opposite side of that where everything is about giving and everything is about like all of that. Yeah. And we just need to have that balance in our lives where we recognize that, you know, perhaps I, I you know, I have somebody in my life right now that I have a couple of people in my life right now that I really need to have a, a strong conversation with and be like, hey, so I've kind of been sitting back, not saying anything, but here's some of the problems that I have in this relationship right now. Like, you know, yeah. and I will. And I, but I I'm have right to, here, babe. but I, I mean, <laughs> now's the time, but I have to build myself up to it. Yeah. I think sometimes you just got to pull the bandaid off. Of course. Just do it. Yeah. You're not that person though. I've, I've been working on it. Have you? Yeah, I really have. I just did it yesterday. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to talk to somebody and I decided instead of like dwelling on it for two weeks, I just went and talked to him mm-hmm. about it. And it was like kind of scary, but I did it and then it was done. Yeah. And I got to move on. Mm-hmm. You know where I struggle with this though? Hmm. We've been talking about like knowing your worth in your relationship and standing up for yourself and everything. But here's the flip side, and it could be the way we were raised because we were raised in a very, um, like, Judeo-Christian servant, like, love your neighbor type mentality, which is good. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think where I have struggled with this is is if I feel like I need something, the angel and the devil on my shoulder, the devil's going... Uh, you need this. You should ask for this. At least this is my perspective. You should ask for this. You deserve this. And then the angel's going, gosh, that's so selfish of you. Totally. Yes, you know? absolutely. But maybe maybe you're overreacting. Maybe you're being selfish. Mm-hmm. You should be more giving mm-hmm. and you should be more loving. The irony of this is now flip the roles of the angel and the devil. Mm-hmm. Is it really the devil saying you need this? Mm-hmm. Or is it the angel saying you need this? Mm-hmm. And the devil's playing the advocate, mm-hmm. the devil's advocate. And he's saying like, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. saying, and this is figurative. There's the little devil's on my shoulder in case you people who are listening don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm pointing at my shoulders. <laughs> um, maybe it's not the devil who's whispering, this is what you need. Yeah. Maybe the devil's the one saying, no, 
be less selfish. I 100% believe that can be. Mm -hmm. Stay in your place. Yeah, because... Don't ask for more. You know what I mean? What ends up happening when we continue to devalue ourselves, what ends up happening, and, you know, this is not talking about that whole other concept of, of like, you know, um, giving and caring for others. We all, we, we recognize that, right? We recognize that in this conversation, we are very specifically talking about knowing our worth. So we're not talking about people who are, okay. I just want to make sure the, but the thing is, is that if we continue to devalue ourselves, then the, we are leading to anxiety, depression. We're leading to all of these things that people are dealing with on a regular basis. And, and so we're actually, we're really causing trauma to ourselves when we don't step out and try and change these things. The problem is, is that a lot of the times (laughs) in a way we don't want to be working on ourselves that way. It's hard. It's hard to. What is that? Is it's it work. is it laziness? Is it is it it's just fear? Uncom- I think I think people just don't want to be uncomfortable, and it 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 takes being un- and, and I'm speaking for myself because I hate being uncomfortable. I'd much rather <laughs> just know. never talk about <laughs> these things and just like yeah, pretend like everything's cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't know. I feel like the, my perspective these days, just recently, it's like. I try to picture myself in my deathbed when I'm, you know, 53. <laughs> what? Because that's, I mean, let's face it. No, <laughs> let's not face it. I mean, I'm falling apart. No. Okay, when I'm 90 something. Okay. I'm just picturing myself in my deathbed. If, if I look back on my life and I go, I spent my whole life just trying to please others. Yes. And it got me nowhere. Yes. And I have nothing to show for it. Like I, what I should have done is stood up for myself. And done the things I wanted to do. Right. I have a friend who doesn't listen to this podcast because he's not a real friend, apparently. (laughs) Um, I have a friend who he knows exactly what he wants. He is a bachelor. He does not ever want kids. He wants a relationship where he doesn't have to like, he wants to be free. And I know that sounds... He has commitment issues. <laughs> it's possible. But it's not... It, I, I realize how it sounds, but it's not like that because he is in a relationship. But it's it's a relationship where they they both agree that like they're not going to be codependent. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's wrong or right. What I'm saying is he knows what he wants. He puts it out there and he found somebody who yeah. respects it and also wants that. So on which side does this go to what we're talking about? What I'm saying is I actually, um, I admire that about him because he's not a selfish person. He's actually a very giving, kind person. But he makes known, he knows what he wants. He knows what he believes is best for his life versus just trying to fit the mold of what society teaches you. it's, It's weird for a guy or a, a, a woman, a man or woman, to be like, I just don't ever want kids. Like, it, it's not weird. Let me change that. It's not common. very common 
for people to know at a young age, I never want kids. It feels like it's getting more common, but yes. And to maintain it. I think a lot of younger people are like, I don't ever want kids, but then they get to like 30 and they start feeling that natural urge to reproduce, which is, which is natural, Mm -hmm. which I just already said. (laughs) (laughs) It's natural in case you guys didn't catch it. Um, But what I'm saying, it's not about wrong or right because the only right is doing what is best for yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is right for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and I admire, I admire about that about him. I don't think he's, he might be on his deathbed someday. It's possible regretting that he didn't have kids, Mm -hmm. but he probably won't be laying on his deathbed going, I spent my whole life trying to please other people Mm -hmm. and got nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So there's, I I, want to like, I want to like glean from that just a little bit from, from him just being super open about that. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you what I want. <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but as soon as I figure it out, I will tell you. Why don't you know? Because I was raised to not have desires. And that's what our main issue is. That's yeah. what because our main desires, issue is. Because desires are. are selfish. Correct. Desires are self-serving. They're earthly. And that is that goes against um, what you're supposed to be, which right. is um, giving and loving and, and um, you know, mm-hmm. sacrificial, mm-hmm. which those things are good. That's the, that's the hard part. That's the hard, but that's what I'm saying. It's never easy. Like we, this is why, this is why what we were talking about is that humans in a whole, we don't, it's our brains are just too it's tough it's there's no like that's why the harmony between humans some people want it some people don't some people because we're never quite going to but really what it comes down to is what i have found the more i recognize what i what I truly want and what I truly desire. And the more of what I recognize in the sense of really knowing my worth and asking and requesting for that, the more that I actually become part, I become who I'm supposed to be and I become stronger as a human towards other people in the sense of I actually find that it's easier to care for other people when I know myself. I actually recognize that it's easier to have a really good conversation with another human being and love them and not judge them when I know myself best. Yeah. Well, and, and the other, the funny thing about that is if you think about the people that are the most attractive, not, not physical attraction mm-hmm. appearance, but like personality, mm-hmm. it's people that are confident. Absolutely. And, and real confidence. Yeah. Not like this fake confidence that you run into every day where it's clearly like yeah. a front for major self-consciousness. Um, I'm talking about people who are living their lives, who they are, and they're, they're super confident and they make known who they are, what they believe, what they want, and they get other people to believe that too. Yeah. Like those are the most attractive people there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it about me that doesn't allow myself to go there? 
I don't know. Knowing that, you know what, I just need to, I just need to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll probably get some haters. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it'll be a very attractive thing to people. Yeah. Um, and maybe that would, you know, translate into more success. The fear of people. It always, 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 yeah, fear you know, of man. the fear of man. So it, I mean, I think that some of the biggest things we can try and do is number one, if we've kind of grown up not knowing or being taught that we d- shouldn't have a lot of opinion or we shouldn't have a lot of wants or desires, then we need to start really recognizing, and I'm not talking about the silly desires or whatever that like, you know, are not healthy for us. I'm talking about really healthy desires that are true to our nature and are there for a purpose. They're, they are there for a purpose to drive us into where we're supposed to go and who we're supposed to be. So we need to listen to those instead of, instead of quieting them. Yeah. And the way to do that, I think, this is what I have learned for me, is number one, I have I have actually spent some time going back into my childhood and thought about what the original wants and desires were for my life back then because that was before all of the that was before all of the societal kind of yeah. you know before all the junk yeah before all of the junk so number one I would make a list of all the things you really truly wanted as a kid right number. Did I say number two? You're still on number one. I'm still on number one. I meant that. Number two is I have also recognized that the more that I have um, unhealthy thoughts and the more that I continue to allow these unhealthy thoughts and these negative thoughts to run amok in my mind, then they are just, they are, they are a literal wall to all of the good thoughts and the good and the good things that I can think of that will lead me into what I'm supposed to be. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three is really, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> number three, um, I really think that we have to practice and put into practice really recognizing our worth in those different ways. Yeah. Requiring that you, if you, if you believe you deserve a certain amount, then you deserve that amount. If you, if you, the second one was if somebody calls you out, then you are, um, it's important that you stand up for yourself and that you recognize when somebody should not be calling you out and you actually speak your mind. And number three is, what was the last one? It was um, it was uh, that you have to because it was a calling out. And then what was the last one? Um, Do you remember? I think it was like battling whether or not it's a legitimate desire in your heart. No, no, no. Anyway, it it it's interesting because I think that we we just have to get back down into the deeper parts of of who we are and kind of, um, kind of, um, really stepping straight into that fear. I think it was, Oh, we, it was relationships yeah, and requesting what about you want. Like our worth. Yeah. Like value. And so then, yeah. I think that those things are really, are really, really important. So I, I don't know. It's, 
I feel like the hum- the whole human race would be a lot more homo- harmonious if all of us understood our worth. Because again, when people understand their worth, then they are able to have the tough conversations. They People who understand their worth show love better than anybody I've ever known. Yeah, because you're not trying to fill a, whatever void... You're not allowing insecurity to 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 make you feel as though you can't compliment this person, or you have you know, or you can't tell them in truth what's going on. Like you know, it's it's one of those things that I just I I find it so interesting. Yeah, and and it's a it's a challenge for sure. It, well, it's a total balance, just yeah. like everything else. Yeah. Well, Ben, what are you thankful for? Last little bit before we go. I'm very thankful for. My family. Yeah. And the fact that we're all healthy. Yes. And that uh, we get the privilege of having a life where we can just waste hours every week. Not waste. Spend hours every week just chatting. Oh. Like this. <laughs> like on a podcast? Yeah. Oh. Like this is, this is a privilege that most yeah. people don't have, you know. Yeah. Throughout the world. Yeah. Most people are just trying to survive. Yeah. And here we are drinking our Starbucks. I'm just kind of thankful for, I'm definitely thankful for our family. I'm definitely thankful for health. I'm also really thankful for all possibilities and opportunities that are to come. Yeah. It's never over. It's never over. We're never too old. It's never, you know what I mean? Like Unless you're dead, (laughs) then it's over. Is it? I mean, for what we're talking about. Okay. All the stuff we talk about has to do with life. Oh, you know that? Yeah, because once you're dead, it's like you should just be like figure everything out. Nope, you don't know that. Unless you're like a wandering ghost. You don't know anything about the afterlife. I wonder if there's ghost podcasts. They're like, (laughs) ooh, you should be a better ghost. We (laughs) do. And with that, we will leave you for having an amazing Thanksgiving, welcoming in the Christmas spirit. Happy pre-Christmas, everybody. Happy pre-Christmas. Eat, drink, and be merry. Have a bunch of green bean casserole until you want to puke. No? Why'd you go straight to green bean casserole? I love green bean casserole. I feel like there's so many, like, stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, I love green bean casserole. Yeah, that's... I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did not make you happy enough with that response. (laughs) Well, it's like you go straight to the weird dish. Okay, thank you, babe. (laughs) So anyway, I thought it was better that we leave it at the ghost comment because that was cuter. Okay, sorry. They're having little ghost podcasts in heaven, apparently. Or just right now. I don't know. Hey. Yeah. Everybody's going to be spending... Most of their weekend with their families. Yes. So just be cool. Be cool, but honestly. But also stand up for yourself and know your worth. (laughs) Know your worth when you're with family. Ruin that conversation (laughs) during Thanksgiving dinner when your racist uncle says something to you. And you got to stand up. Oh, stand up always against racism. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Or if, you know, your, your parents are like, you're not doing what we raised you to do or no know your why worth aren't you in a relationship yet? know what you want for your life so that you can stand tall and tell your family yeah. to suck it and that you love them, and that you love them. despite that 
All right. Thank you guys so much. We will see you all next week. Bye. Later. <laughs>